Welcome to the Trying to Be Better podcast with Joel and Steve. <laughs> there. Yeah, we we had two seconds and the Grateful Dead got in in uh got uh, brought up and then we have our we have our talk welcome to the trying to be better podcast with joel and steve i'm cracking a cold one it is <laughs> 11 a.m 11.03 a.m <laughs> sunday february 26th the 50th anniversary of the grateful dead playing in our home, hometown of lincoln nebraska at pershing municipal auditorium yeah mm-hmm. morning everybody yeah we have a mutual friend that was actually at that concert as a 16 year old kid. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that was, well, I, I know it put, you know, changed the course of his life a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good show. That's great. Yeah. It's one of the, yeah. I mean, it really, uh, and it's just another of a run of incredible concerts by a, a band that was going on. I think this was Grateful Dead 3.0 by this time. Yeah. And they were just starting to ramp up. I mean, it was like the third concert of the year leading into two of their greatest years ever. I mean, they were mm. on fire with a sound system that would become the infamous legendary wall of sound mm. and a whole slew of new tunes, most yeah. of which would remain in the repertoire to this day. Yeah, man, it was, it's a, I was listening to it and we were talking about it. Uh, but uh, this, this is, a, is, is that who's singing backup? Is that Donna? Yeah. Donna's with him and Phil. She sounded great on that. Yeah. Don, Donna I, and the, yeah, it was, there's a reason why they asked her to join the band. I don't, I mean, I know Besides she gets a lot the, of hate. The, the occasional yowl. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I feel like that particular i don't know she donna gets a lot of unjust flack i agree she was a great vocalist i mean she had a she was a professional singer long before she ever before the grateful dead ever darkened her door (laughs) (laughs) you know what i'm saying yeah 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 well i was just listening to that show and i was like is that that that's gotta be Donna? i mean i don't Mm -hmm. really know all my history as well as you do but i'm like that's not, I mean, she's, she's backing up she has really a, well. She was an excellent vocalist. She just didn't always fit in very well with what was happening on their stage for a variety uh, of reasons. Yeah. Well, it, it just, it sounded like she was fitting in really well. She was harmonizing yeah, really well. Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I've, I've only, I only kind of, there's a few shows I hear where she kind of, you know, what I, I, think, I thought I think initially thing... ruined playing in the band, and then right. I realized she's just playing in the band, and that's right. how she's playing in well, the band. Well, the thing that is really hard to, I guess, without, I think it's one of those things that was a lot more exciting if you were actually there. Yeah. Whereas listening to her unedited um, contributions on a, you know, archival recording with no post-processing or equal, you know, I mean, yeah. they're, they're, that's uh, Had not to be always there. a super fair, you know, the, what we, what makes us go, Oh my God, why stop? Why are you doing that? You know, today in concert then was probably pretty exciting. 
Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, we were we were chatting about. Uh, I needed that row, Jimmy. Uh, and most of our listeners aren't going to know what that is. Well, it's a song called it Row was, Jimmy. Yeah, that's correct. It was a new song in February of 1973. Oh, was it? Yeah, brand new. Wow. That was probably the third time played in Lincoln. Wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a slow song. It's a, it's an introspective number. It's an encouraging. It's like a big hug from Uncle Jerry. It, dude, that is the best description of how I felt. Yeah. And I, I, I don't. I don't yeah, because work life right now is a little nuts it's always that way in the theater right before a show opens so that's just par for the course but i've been working with this idea of just like uh it can't all get done in one day Mm. and my my like i mentioned this right before you hit record like i'm working with that idea of like okay progress not perfection right road just get out and row jimmy that's all you got to do just row the boat and then when you're tired take a break and then row again just keep rowing and i was like that there's that uh the bridge is the line uh that's the way it's been in town ever since they tore the jukebox Jukebox down down. two-bit piece don't buy no more not so much as it done before so i say row yeah, man. And that's just really poignant and it applies to on a lot of levels. It's like, yeah, things ain't yeah, the, the juke spot the jukebox done been torn down. That yeah. party's over. Yeah. You know, so now what are you gonna do? Yeah. You're gonna row. Yeah, baby. And that's you know mm. that's a message that is universal. Anybody mm. can relate to that. I, and I think that there is um, the beauty of, of, of a lyric like that is, you know, I find that I, fi- I definitely find this in the Grateful Dead, but I've, I've also found this in, in my favorite band Pearl Jam too, is the, that it means different things at different times in your life. I think there was a, I think there was a time, there is a, on a day, on a different day, Row Jimmy Row could make me very sad and melancholy. Sure. You know, but on, yeah. But yesterday, it was the most sort of accepting, understanding, encouraging thing, you know? Well, and that's, like, I think, what it comes down to. And I mean, I know it's, I mean, I've been, <sighs> that song has been part of my life for 30 plus years. Mm-hmm. So the the visions that those lyrics conjure have changed a lot over the years. Yeah. Lots of different events have come and gone. <laughs> a lot of water <laughs> under the bridge. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. And it still applies today. Yeah. Whatever, whatever thing, whatever thing that I'm attached to or craving or whatever, my jukebox done been torn down. Yep. Well, and and, <laughs> the, to, and it's, it's very helpful to like, oh right. Yeah. Yeah. It's that that is gone. Yeah. It's yeah. gone. Okay. Yeah. Next. Yeah. And that's that's um that's that's acceptance. That's impermanence. That's mm-hmm. that's what it is. It's impermanence. Yeah. And I guess you could get really hung up on them tearing the jukebox down. Yeah. It does say they <laughs> tore it down. Yeah. You get really hung up on them. Yep. Doesn't change the fact that it's gone. Mm. Where so are you, you going to do? Where, yeah. Where are you rowing to next? Right. Ooh. I guess you could just sit in the boat and stew about them. 
while well, it's leaking and sinking. The <laughs> the uh, the the recovery ramifications of that are pretty cool because I I I I off I I stole this from you know it's 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 recovery lore you know that like recovery really doesn't make sense until you, it's like it's like starting you have to row in an invisible boat you oh, know yeah. like get it get in the invisible boat with the invisible oars and start rowing and the boat will appear you know yeah. and that's I, such I, a great analogy yeah i don't believe any of this yeah we'll do it anyway yeah <laughs> row, row jimmy <laughs> pretty much or don't or don't right but the jukebox is torn down, man. Like it's yeah. gone. So right. what are you gonna do? Yeah, but I want that jukebox to come back. But it was so fun, and and it had it, it was the one with the bubbles in it, and it it's and the one that played all the songs that I liked. Yeah, and it, and it was neon. Good. It made everything okay. Yeah, and it was it was it was uh, contained. There was a there was a certain amount of songs in there that I knew I could listen to. Yeah, and yeah, and it's well, gone. And now I have to find new music. And the the and and the 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 connection between the jukebox being torn down and the whole idea of it being you know the fiftieth anniversary of the dead playing at Pershing and Pershing oh, yeah. is about to be torn down, man. Yeah, right. See, it all comes full circle. Yeah, dude. <laughs> well, there there's a <laughs> there's a group of people uh, trying to preserve that sweet mural. I think. Well, it, the mural's been removed. Yeah, but they they don't. It's not displayed anywhere, is it? I don't know. Or maybe I have my. But facts. I know they got the money to at least remove it before the building got demolished, so it's stored yeah. someplace. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna put Which it I up. Think, I mean, I was just. I was literally just down there, and I looked at where the mural used to be, and I'm like, all those little tiles. Yeah. Like that. That was a a huge task. Yeah. It's amazing what you can do with a couple million dollars. I guess. I guess. I don't know if they I don't know if they reassembled it or there's a group there's a group like petitioning to have it reassembled or maybe they did at Wayuka, which is interesting. Oh, yeah, I think I heard about that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, it is a piece of history. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, it's got this Yeah. What was that place built? 56 so yeah, it's got this very mid-century sort of mm-hmm. tile mural vibe to it. And, well, yeah, it's well, yeah. And I was I was reminiscing earlier because there was some you know one of those Facebook things going around about copy and paste, like your your favorite concert, your first oh, concert, yeah, yeah, yeah. your last concert. My first, my first, and I count I count my first concert as the first non like churchy Christian rock band. Con- I don't count right. those, right? Um, my first like rock and roll concert was Soul Asylum and Matthew Sweet at Pershing Auditorium. Oh wow! Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, so there you have it. There it is. I haven't seen a ton of things at Pershing, but I mean, I saw Fish there in '95, and that's still to date top three concerts. Dude, it was amazing. I mean, I it was they blew the roof off the dump. It was incredible. I remember my step my stepbrother went and had a you know a transcendent experience and mm-hmm. I was I was going to illegally drive from Ord to Lincoln to go to that but my mom like basically said no fucking way weird that she would yeah, do that I know, I know thank you mom I know you listen to the podcast 
thank you. That was like it was like an ice storm. Like I probably would have not made it. You know, she made the right call. She did. She did. Love you, mom. Yeah, but you still m- missed one of the best I concerts know. ever. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's it's still pretty. And what's so weird to think that in the year twenty twenty three, and Fish is still very active. You know, forty years later or whatever, yeah. forty years into their career, that that show me seeing Fish at Pershing in ninety five was the equivalent of seeing the Grateful Dead at Pershing in nineteen seventy three. Yeah, yeah, the timelines. Ti- wow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I I've listened to that Fish show and it's it's a it's it's a ripper. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, it's not. It's still very much a. Uh, they hadn't got into the uh, minimalist funk thing yet. No, they were they like were still what? into ripping your head off. Yeah, <laughs> I just watched their. Uh, yeah, I just I I contemplated. I didn't end up doing it because I had I had some Zelda to play, but I was gonna buy the <laughs> the the webcast. This, these are the these are the big problems <laughs> in my life. I was like, man, should I buy the fish webcast of them in Mexico or should I play um, Zelda? Yeah, that was my Saturday. Did night. you watch their New Year's celebration in Madison Square mm-hmm. Garden? That was amazing. Yeah, yeah amazing. It was amazing. amazing. Every the year, theatrics they, of like, it all. How, how are they going to top last year? And then they do. I know. Yeah, they do. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. So what else is going on? Oh, man, that's it. That's kind of what I'm. I mean, oh, that's it. That's well, it. Thanks for joining, everybody. All right, everybody. Email the podcast <laughs> at ttbbpodcast at gmail.com. That was a quickie. <laughs> Sometimes a quickie is all you need. That's true. Gets the job done. Nah, that's just what I was tripping on, man. And like, you know, just coping and finding healthy ways to cope. You know, because like, I mean, this morning I was, you know, I do actually think about like, what am I trying to do to be better? Yeah. <laughs> like, what am I, you know? And it really is a day to day thing. And like this morning, I had I had to go run an errand, um, and I thought, I'll just drive. I'll just mm. drive. It's kind of yeah. cold out, and I don't really—I don't know. And I, I'm like, dude, get on the bike. Ah, get on nice. the bike. How was that? So you have the time. You can do it. Just move a little, you know, like move your ass. Move your ass, dude. Yeah, and so I did, and I'm really glad that I did. Good for you. Yeah. If really I have, good. I have. Uh, after this, I'm gonna go. Um, so I have, I have a swim coach. I have a swim teacher. Oh yeah, are you going swimming? So I've I've had two lessons with Tim, the swim teacher at the Cooper YMCA. Shout out to Tim. Uh-huh. This guy is I don't know how old he is. He's pro- he's sixty plus somewhere in there. Oh wow, cut from stone, intense sure. as hell. He used to swim like he used to do triathlons and shit. Wow. Like this guy's a, he, he's. I told Kirsten and I, maybe somebody in Lincoln knows him. It'd be fun to have him on. He's an intense guy. He's like the Doc Brown of swimming coaches. You know what I mean from. From from Back to the Future, Doc Brown. Oh, Dr. wow, Emma. cool. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Very, like, Marty. Like, he's just like, <laughs> you got to, you got to, we're going to do the, we're going to do the uh, fingertip drag. We got to get your elbow up because that in drag, you know, like, we've got to make sure that it's streamlined, streamlined position. 1.21 gigawatts. Like, he's, he's that guy. <laughs> he's awesome. And I'm like, uh, okay. Okay. See if he'll do the pod. Uh, yeah, he's awesome. He's very intense, but he knows I how to it. like it was cool though, because like but um my last lesson, you know, 
it, it takes a lot to get Joel Egger anywhere at eight in the morning, right? Eight in the morning is it's good. So I'm like, all right, let's do this swim lesson eight in the morning. <laughs> and, uh, I had to like practice and make sure I had my drills down and like, he's giving me all these new things. So after the pod this afternoon, I'm going to hop over to the Y and work on my drills. Nice. So that I'm, re- I'm ready for our next lesson, but it's going good. Like I, this last lesson was kind of the the one that kind of like there were he did he had me do a few things that were like it was like you know rubbing your belly and patting your head at the same time right, right. with the breathing and the form and the strokes and all that and I had a moment a couple of moments when I was doing those drills with him where I thought oh I see where we're headed I my body was like this can happen you can do this mm-hmm. this is gonna click but before, mm-hmm. up until that point, dude, I was like, I don't think I can swim freestyle. And oh. then, you know, so he's teaching me. I'm learning. It's good. Yeah, that's cool. Well, your old dog, new tricks. Speaking of that. Okay. I am. This is, I'm not prepared for this at all, but uh, mm-hmm. there is, and I haven't finished it, but Duncan Trussell oh. recently had this guy on by the name of Stephen Kotler. And he talks about how the old dog, new tricks thing, like you can't teach an old dog, new tricks. That, that phrase is total Mm -hmm. bullshit. Oh yeah. Because they were, there was this, he cited this Harvard study where this, this psychologist, psychiatrist, psychologist, I don't know, faculty member there did this study with like 80 plus year old men. Yeah. Yeah. And she, she took them to, she rented out a monastery and she, they set it up like a movie set from 1961. Like everything down to the magazines on the coffee tables were from 1961. Yeah. And all, and all of these 80 year olds went there and she had a group that she said, just reminisce and remember. And then a mm-hmm. group that pretend as if it's 1961. Like you oh. act like your job is to just act as if it's 1961. Okay. And these 80 year olds, like, by the end of the trip, while they were waiting for the bus to pick them up to go back to Harvard, were playing touch football and like standing up straight and like, you know, they're really? they're like they weren't feeling the effects of their arthritis. They're they measured their like their hands got you know because they were older and their their joints were gnarled, kind of gnarled. Yeah, and they were like they they were taller. They were playing touch football. They were, you know. They, their memories had started to come back. Like this idea that we in old age are just kind of doomed to decay is actually bullshit. Anyway, he's got books out and I haven't finished the episode, but it it's pretty mind blowing. Well, we have, I mean, there's, I, I can think of one example in particular, our mutual friend, Donna W mm-hmm. who's 90 something and on fire. Totally completely on fire we get her on the pod that's an actually a great idea yeah i mean not i mean donna's over 90 years old and getting out there doing stuff you know yeah she's she's a great example of that Uh uh-huh and i mean that's really part of i mean that's part of the reason why i got on the damn bike today because well our 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 friend and past guest uh terry warwick 
meant said this one time like because you know he restores cars for a living for people that have money to restore cars you know yeah and he's like he just said from like a, a health standpoint his customers kind of get divided into two categories those that have taken care of themselves and those that haven't mm. once they hit you know 60 or whatever yeah. the, the people yeah. there is a very definite defining line between people that have lived a healthy lifestyle up to that point and people that haven't yeah they all have money you know right but there are the ones that are very active and very you know healthy and vibrant and then there are the ones that terry has to has done things like put power steering in their old sports cars because they literally just can't drive them anymore oh wow the strength to drive them right you know yeah and and like that's so I'm like, well, which side of that equation do I want to be on? It's, yeah, yes. Like that's that's kind of this weird thing with that I'm experiencing right now, which is like <clears throat> I've realized that I'm taking Josh Corda's example of like he like learned he like learned how to skateboard in his fifties or something. Right, yeah, yeah. He's like playing the trumpet. I, like, I, I tried I wanna... to do that at forty five and decided that wasn't a smart <laughs> idea. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to learn how to swim. I think that that's an activity that I could do long term, but it's also, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel it creating wrinkles in my brain, right? Like new yeah. connections are being mm-hmm. made. Yeah. Um. And, and the, yeah, the thing that like, you know, that, that this, this swim coach, I don't know this guy from anybody. I don't, I don't know him personally, right. but like after our last lesson, he's like, he was talking to me a little bit. He's like, uh, yeah, the drill that I taught you today, I use a lot. And he's like. I'm actually going to stay in the pool. He's like, we can be done. He's like, I'm going to stay in the pool and swim. And I'm like, well, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to swim back and forth for like probably 45 minutes. And then I'll take a drink of water and I'm going to do it for another 45. I'm like, I'm like, can I just, can I just sit and watch? And this guy just, he's like, yeah, of course. Like, you know, watch the four. And I watched him for like 10 minutes. Right. Like, holy shit. Like, that's what I want to do. I want to be able to have that kind of ability to do that stuff and right call it whatever you want. But it's like, yeah, I I see the benefits of, of coping with change, not sitting there looking at the dusty old jukebox being torn down and say, it's over. It's over. Right. Right. Yeah. That's so real. And that, like I see, like I've had just many multiple examples of, well, people not wanting to acknowledge the impermanence of certain situations and how that works out. And then other examples of people saying, yeah, it's impermanent. Okay, well, I'm going to go do the next thing. Right. It's, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's very, like, it's very hard. It's very hard. Well, I'm getting better at not watching people suffer because of their own attachments. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm like, well, that, I mean, I, it sucks for you. I, I feel, but I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. It can either be, it, it's, it's, it's freeing within, you know, it can mm-hmm. be, it can be freeing within. It can be really, uh, it can create a lot of suffering, like the truth of impermanence and things always changing and all conditioned phenomena changing and 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 ending could be really freeing or really um horrible <laughs> and when you start to see that within you definitely like you said you see it in other people you know i had an example of that recently 
and I'll be very vague about it, but I was like, man, like, I see you struggling, man. I see you struggling with this, but I am going, my job is to maintain my own peace and serenity. And I, and I hate that you are not in that spot, but I can't fix that for you. You know, that's where my right. codependent self comes in and I'm yeah, like, no, hundred percent. Yeah. Let me get in there with you. Yeah. Even though none of it's anything I have any control over. But yeah, let me, let me spend all of my fun tickets trying to fix something that is not going to be fixed by me at all, but right, I'll spend the, them all for you. Right. And that, and that's, I think the define, <laughs> I think that's an important line because it's not a matter of like being callous or like indifferent. It's like, I literally like, even if I, I could give everything that I have emotionally or whatever to this situation and it wouldn't fix it. No. So, I mean, that's, it's like, I don't, so I'm not going to give anything to it. Yeah. Cause, uh, Beyond I could, an, like an acknowledgement of like, yeah, I mean, that's, I'm sorry. That sucks. Yeah. And I, um, it does like it, it, you know, it, it's not a complete indifference. It's a, cause that's a different thing. Like, well, I don't yeah. care about that. Yeah. Like, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I obviously like if somebody that I love is going through a thing that is hard or sad or whatever, I mean, yeah, I, I feel that. Yeah. But I'm not going to spend what little energy that I have that's extra in a way that's not helpful to either of us to like, that's just a waste. Yeah. That's like equanimity, you know, like that idea that, I can I can cultivate my own peace within and I can also see that it's your job to cultivate your own peace within you. I can help you along that, but only to a certain degree. Right. Kirsten fucking threw a I was talking to her about a situation that I was kind of, you know, bent out of shape about yesterday. And she threw an my own quote back in my face. <laughs> I Which I really, I mean, it was good, but it sucked. She said, uh, I, I must've said this to her, I don't know, months ago or something. And she wrote it down, but it was, um, my happiness in order for me to maintain my own peace and serenity, my happiness does is not dependent upon anyone else's wellness. Right. Yes. And I've had to learn that one the hard way. Oh, like the really hard way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I have allowed my happiness to depend on so many external things in my life. Mm -hmm. You know this. Yep. And I've, I mean, I look back at some of those whatever attachments or just situations where I was like, why was I, like, I was really codependent. I guess is the easiest yeah. way to put yeah. it. Yeah. And and like I've really had to um, acknowledge that. Yeah. And then self-parent my, you know, parent myself through that. <laughs> oh, God. It's so, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's so true, though. Like, that's the thing. Like, you know, <clears throat> I'm fortunate to have my my folks still on this earth, and I love them dearly. So if you're listening, I love you dearly. You You all parented us the best way you knew how. And this is not a complaint about... Uh, any anything you did mom but like <laughs> but i think we all have that 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 is all our journey right mm -hmm. is to get to a point where 
the, the, the analogy keeps coming up, but that, that the, the shiny comfort of our childhood jukebox has been, has been decimated, right? Yeah. It's not bad nor good. It's just, that's life. That's what happens. Right. And we, and we get to a point where we do, like you said, have to reparent ourselves and we can do that with destruction <laughs> or we can do that with love, you know? Um, and allow that higher self to give ourselves what we really need because trying to seek that and trying to find, you know, that, that comfort from external circumstances is really toxic and real. It's a, it's an empty, it's like, you know, it's like a hungry ghost that's never going to get fed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it's that's a tough one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I uh so I've had it uh god brain words are hard. Um <laughs> along the lines of like well covering a little more ground mm. this afternoon. I'm going to I'm gonna go sing Mozart. What? Or try to. Uh Requiem, Mozart's Requiem. Oh which is shit. Latin and incredibly complicated. Yeah. And I really feel like I bit off more than I can chew, but it's like a volunteer. It's this omnivox choir through um Pius. Mm-hmm. And it's uh we're putting on like a Lent thing with the with the Pious choirs and this all vol- like this community men's vocal group that I've kind of wanted to participate in for a couple of years but it just hasn't happened and this year i just said screw it i'm doing it mm-hmm. and uh and now i'm kind of regretting it because it's <laughs> intense yeah i mean it's the music is so hard yeah um and the i mean the director his name is todd Creer, and he's amazing like the mm. guy is a force of nature mm-hmm. and the kids love him like mm-hmm. he can literally command the attention of a hundred high school kids with like just looking a certain way Mm-hmm. you know and they will stop yeah. and pay attention to him and it's not out of fear it's out of respect i mean the yeah. guys he's he's he, he drives the kids to excellence in a way that is it's just incredible like we're yeah. the community is very lucky to have this guy um and watching him um direct the choirs it's very apparent that he very much loves what he does yeah, like he's so cool. in the moment. He's so into it, and it, it's just really inspiring. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, I want to be a part of that. You know, mm. if I have the opportunity, sure. Why the hell not? Why wouldn't I? You know, and, yeah. and now I'm like, oh my god, this is so hard. And I hope I don't embarrass myself and my daughter. <laughs> well, I mean, but you're in a choir, right? Like right. that's I've I did choir in high school, and I remember I I felt like I was I was a better singer in a section. Sure, right? sure. But when I had to do a solo, it that's a whole nother ball well, of wax. But... I'm really hoping to, I mean, like I said, it's an all volunteer thing, but Mr., uh, I call him Mr. Career, Todd Career, And like in his emails, he's like, this, these rehearsals are not to learn the material. Come prepared. Ooh, he's one of those. He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like this is not coming. I'm not really sure how this Latin thing works. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> teacher. Right. Kind of. Yeah. No, that's not. <laughs> And I have been practicing, and uh, I mean, there's this one movement that is, it's these 16th note runs that are long and complicated. Yeah. And and fortunately, there's apps now that you can slow 
the recorded tracks down without changing the pitch. And it sounds kind of weird, but like I've slowed them down to half speed and it's still like a struggle. Yeah. So, and it's yeah, not the whole I thought thing. about like I, that. We did, we did, um, well, I remember in high school, we would always do a Christmas cantata or whatever it's called. And we did like, we did a part of the Hallelujah chorus or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was for Christmas or Easter. I don't remember. But that shit was hard. You know yeah. what I mean? And then, and like, I did not, full disclosure, I did not take my music home. You know what I mean? Like, right, I was yeah, not yeah. that kid, right? Like, right. but now, yeah, you could, you could probably pull up YouTube videos. Uh, what are you, a bass, baritone? Bass. Yeah, you could pull up the bass part of I'm actually Mozart's probably Requiem. a baritone, but there is no baritone part. It's either tenor or bass. Ooh, so you got to go really low? I got to go really low, and it's really hard. I can't quite make the lowest notes. But I also couldn't hit the highest notes of the tenor part. Yeah, tenor. Which is really Oof. funny, because when I sing rock and roll, I usually sing high harmony. So why aren't you a tenor? Because that the rock and roll high harmony is done in a way that is not befitting to classical music oh right it's just it's just constricting all of your vocal folds yes. to the point of a blood pretty much yeah uh-huh. <laughs> and it sounds well i'm not gonna say it sounds great but it's fun to fun to do yeah but yeah the oh oh oh, oh that thing mm-hmm. that's different that's cool man when does this the, go up when uh you... the performance is on the 5th march 5th yeah, which is going to be really fun because uh, so we have rehearsal this afternoon for three hours. Then I'm going to exile rehearsal right after that. And then next weekend, we rehearse with the Omnivox thing, the Mozart on Saturday morning and then Saturday night into Sunday morning. I'm playing in Omaha with exile at Shakedown Street. Um, yeah. That's going to be fun, but I'm not going to get home till like three o'clock in the morning. And then we have two concerts that afternoon with the most your voice is going to be great it's going to be great (laughs) and i'm going to be i'm going to be just bright-eyed and bushy-tailed you're going to be a real peach i'm going to be a real peach i'm glad that i'm singing in a chorus let me put it that way and but it sucks because this is like my first time singing with this group and i really want to be i don't want to go in there that sunday and be like guys you're just going to have to bear with me i have a huge headache and i haven't slept yeah don't be that guy I can't, I have to just suck it up mm-hmm. and smile and sing the things. Wow. That's, that's cool. my strong suit when I'm running on four hours of sleep is being social. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, it's going to be brutal. I'm really regretting agreeing to do one of these things. It may not be brutal. It may it be so, be. it might be so cool that you are like doing all of just these different. Fire. Yeah. Well, and that's, see, now thank you for saying that because that's yeah. the headspace I need to be in. It's like charge. Yeah, dude. We're going to play the rock and roll. We're going to go sing the Mozart. We're going to kick some artistic ass and take some names. Fuck yeah. <laughs> you got this. I mean, yeah, you, you your body might be tired, but you'll sleep. I'll it's sleep fun. eventually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, my God. There are God. worse ways to spend a weekend, right? Absolutely. Yes. So here's an, so on the flip side of all of that, well, not on the flip side, but last night, Holly and I went down to uh, the 1867 bar. Are you familiar yeah, with that you place? Saw, you, sent some, you sent some pretty interesting photos. You're down yeah, there yeah, seeing yeah. like metal and shit. Very much so metal, yes. Uh, in fact, well, the, the 
my friend AJ's, uh, they're, they're called hosting monsters. And I would, they, they call themselves like hard punk kind of, I think is what he said. And that's kind okay. of what it is. But like, you know, it's like the screaming vocals, power chords, you know? Yeah. And they were great. They just, I, I've, I've known, I used to work with AJ at, at the J star years ago. And that was like when I was in string puppet orchestra playing the punk oh, okay. thing. Yeah. And he, I don't think he had a band at the time, but he was always really supportive and thought we sounded good and whatever. And AJ's a good, good, good dude. And so he's been playing in this hosting monsters band for like four years and I have never seen him. And it, cause it just kind of hasn't, we're like, they've done benefits for the well being initiative and all that. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. yep. And, uh, and I haven't been able to go to any of those for one reason or another. And, and it just kind of worked out. Holly and I had scheduled the date night. We're going out. And it just kind of worked out that they were playing for this touring. They were opening up being like the local opener act for this uh, tour of these uh, whatever goth rock horror core bands. Horror core. Horror, horror core. Yeah. Oh. Not horror hor core. Horror core horror. is something completely different. Sorry, everybody. And, you know, <clears throat> horror, like horror metal, you know. Yeah, yeah. Doom and core. Doom core. Sure. Yeah. I mean, this I is know. all very outside of my. Uh, like the headliner, the actual headliner is Cyclone Nine, which okay. is like, I, I mean, that's a whole. I watched some of the YouTube videos of that, and I'm like, that's not my thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But whatever. I'm like, we we're going down and um, eighteen this eighteen sixty seven clubs bar. I'm not. I think it's eight the eighteen sixty seven. Whatever. It's great. Yeah, the owner's is. awesome. Mm -hmm. Her name's Kelsey. She's great. Uh, we've been friends on Facebook for a few years now, just because of chickens. <laughs> Somehow that came together. She has chickens and we, sure. have, chickens okay. and we, yeah. we have chickens. Chicken community. Yeah. And, uh, but she's awesome. I mean, just cool person. And so it was nice to meet her last night in person finally. And, uh, hosting monsters killed. They were fun. And, Ooh. uh, um, and then we stuck around for a few of the touring acts. And here's like, here's, man, I tell you, it takes a lot of balls, a lot of just to go out. And drive across the United States in a couple of rented RVs, being huge freaks. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not like exactly my thing of freaky, you know, my idea of a freak. Yeah. But like, and I, don't, I mean that with all the respect in the world, um, to go out and just be like, it was my cup of tea. Not exactly, but it was, yeah. I mean, there was art and it was, um, uh, <clears throat> it was just really, it was a good time. And like those, like they're out there doing, the art thing on the road in an America that is becoming less and less friendly to things that aren't Toby Keith. Right. The you know freaking you, the freaking you sees the freak in them. hundred percent. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and it was just really cool, you know, and my, my hats off to that tour. Um, I, I hope that they are remain safe <laughs> and make yeah. a little money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That's um, cool though. That's cool that you're able to contextualize it like that and not just like, nah, this isn't for me and fuck this, you know. I like, had a great time. A couple friends came down and you know, I mean it was just I really had to like adjust my mindset going in. Cause I mean I grew like hosting monsters definitely has some like mits, misfits influence and that kind of thing. At least yeah, that's what yeah. I, what I heard, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I grew up on all that. So it was like, oh yeah, I know this. Yeah you know right yeah and it was fun it was just cool to go out and be i don't know i mean i was i think the only person in there not wearing black you know <laughs> <laughs> that's cool it was fun yeah well yeah just think about like the um 
the the paying of dues that a touring band has to do yeah like you said right now like how do you even like who how do you even like how do you even get your shit i mean you have to tour. if you're a band and you want to do that you have to fucking do that i mean you well, have to do that anyway I mean, but it's was... not like not like a radio st- i mean it's like there's too many ways to consume music now to actually get it to people that dig it i mean there's probably upside to that but that's a double-sided coin because the people that dig it can find you that's true that's true you know what i'm saying yeah just search hat hashtag i mean i'm gonna look it up hashtag horrorcore and see what i horror (laughs) the horror right exactly um yeah cyclone nine okay um and the and the local band like, is hosting monsters. Hosting monsters, yeah. All right, shout out to but, hosting monsters. Yeah, totally. Um, but they, uh, yeah, I mean, like one of the bands, the second, like the first of the touring bands, they're from Providence, Rhode Island. Damn. And they came. Well, to Lincoln, you boys Nebraska. aren't from around here, are you? <laughs> they, came, they came to Lincoln, Nebraska, to play for about forty people. And are they are they all touring together? This? I think they're all yeah. The uh, four okay. bands were on the road together, right? And that's kind of how you would have to do that, I think, to for it to be financially viable, right? Right. Mm. At all, right? So I mean, that's that's hardcore, man. That is if you want to be them. hardcore. If you if you want to live hardcore, you got to be hardcore. You know, I think that's kind of how that goes. And that's why you know, I and mean, that's. I, I'm perfectly happy going and playing the Rolling Stones music. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like it scratches totally. that itch for me. I don't need it to be anything more than that. You know? Yep. I get to go get my yayas out, and it's fun, and people dig it, and we even make a little money, you know? Yeah. You guys great. are great. Yeah. You found your niche. Yeah. I love it. Uh, speaking of speaking of local, local treasures... <clears throat> Um, Friday night, I met with, uh, my pal Delante and we were going to get coffee. I'm like, let's go, let's do food. And I remembered an Omaha business just opened up a spot here in Lincoln. They were planning on doing this. And then one of their co-owners and sort of the driving force behind this business unexpectedly and very, um, unfortunately and freakishly died oh um the naughty buddha burger bar oh yeah mm-hmm. you know about naughty buddha i do i've been there mm-hmm. um so the the their co i think she sort of started it i, I i'm gonna i might butcher her name fataya ali unexpectedly passed like i don't know a couple weeks ago oh, while man. they were in the process of opening up this lincoln location that's they harsh closed- yeah, brutal. They closed the Omaha location and they opened it, but it's an all vegan burger restaurant. It's mm-hmm. and it's fucking delicious. Right. Is so, that the place that had the controversy about whether or not they were actually vegan? Yes. I mean I think it was you yeah. that told me about that. Yeah. There was some and here's the deal. We all know I, I don't I don't I don't eat a vegan diet, right? Like I'm a vegetarian. Right. I eat cheese, I eat eggs. Um, so I'm not as hardcore vegan as, you know, I'm not, I'm just not right. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the vegan world for, for better or worse is very particular about making Mm -hmm. sure that their ingredients are vegan. It's an ideological eating disorder. 
I mean, oh, oh, oh shit. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that I, at I, all. That's a, that's from Mark Marin. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kidding. I was like, damn, Steve from the top rope, dude. You're going to get us. I mean, of all the fucked up shit we say on this thing, that'll get us canceled. All the. Hey, they can't. They can try to cancel us, baby. They can try. Uh, TTBBpodcast at gmail.com. If any vegans out there want to take shots. It was a joke. Lighten up. Oh, my God. I know. I just thought it was really funny. It is yeah, funny, there was there was they were using some ingredient that was they were unaware that it had animal byproduct in it, and they discontinued doing that. But they kind of stood their ground in a way. It was like, guys, we didn't know, right? right. You can crucify us if you want. But sure. We didn't know. Right. We weren't trying to be shady. At least right. that's my interpretation of the story. Fine. So, well, I'm sorry to hear that because I did. I mean, I've been there a couple times. I like it a lot. Yeah. So they have. Go support them. Um, the gentleman where is, who is where they open their store at in Lincoln, right next, right next to the um, Telegraph Mill. Oh yeah! Oh, that's yeah. a good location for that. Yeah, it's great in that mm-hmm. Allo the the <clears throat> the district that Allo built. Yeah, right, right. No, that's great, and it gives you know Lincoln High students an option besides McDonald's. That's kind of the the jam, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they're really good. I was I was yeah, pleasantly big fan of naughty naughty Buddha burger bar. Yeah, you so have to like. Times. Yeah, you have to kind of set your mind to saying it correctly. Naughty Buddha, naughty Buddha, naughty Buddha burger bar. Naughty booty. I said naughty booty. <laughs> I said it. Naughty Buddha burger bar. That's going to be an acting warm up now in my acting classes. Naughty, naughty, naughty booty. No, that's that's for my horrorcore weekends. There you go, folks. You heard it here no. first. Joel's into horrorcore. What kind of music to listen to? Uh little Grateful Dead, little Pearl Jam, really into horrorcore right now. Big fan of horrorcore. Oh my god. Cool. Cool. Well, did we do it? <laughs> I can't. This the time has flown, man. Yeah. I just looked at the clock. We've been talking for almost an hour. I know. It's funny how it's that amazing. happens. Yeah, yeah man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. It is good. Um. <clears throat> all right. Well, yeah. I mean, we did. We did something. We did it. Yeah, I think yeah, we did we it. We did the thing. <clears throat> we created the content. We did, and you're welcome, everybody. We. That's right. Made, uh, <laughs> your, your shitty. Your shitty uh, spiritual uh, local podcast daddies made you your favorite content for dinner today. I did not say that. I did. <laughs> you totally did. Uh, anybody who wants to join me on the horrorcore tour this <laughs> summer? I'm going to be following uh, Cyclone Nine, Cyclone Cyclone Nine, uh, Naughty Booty, um, <laughs> the Big Dick Review. <laughs> Uh, Carl Hungus, Carl Hungus, and the uh, Pandy Pirates. They're yeah, they're all going to be on tour. <laughs> oh, <God>. oh boy. <laughs> well, well, uh, I'm going to go swimming now. That's probably a good idea. Yeah, cool it is. Off I need a little to, bit. Yeah, I need to get some chlorine to disinfect. Right. Kill cool. the bacteria. <sighs> 
I'm excited to hear about this journey with the choir, man. Yeah, me too. Well, I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Thanks for listening, it. everybody. That's um, right. If if oh, I'm gonna make a special request on the outro music that it's the Row Jimmy Row from Yeah, it's, uh, I was already I'm uh, I'm way ahead of you there. All right, I kind of thought it. that was gonna happen, but also uh go listen to that show, everybody. Even if you don't like the Grateful Dead, go listen to it, 22673. It's not for everyone. But it's but it is. I know. It is for I everyone. I was being I was being facetious. Facetious. The the that's the thing is that I was thinking about that because I listened to it when I was out riding my bike and I, I just think it's a it's a thing where you have to kind of commit. Yeah. Because if you're looking for three and a half minutes of well, per, you know, perfectly produced, you know, the the immediate endorphin shot of like, yes, this is what, I, you know, that's not mm-hmm. the way the Grateful Dead roll. And I think that's the experience they had when they played Pershing. Ah, uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? People came yeah. out, they wanted to hear Truckin', they might have wanted to hear Sugar Magnolia, they wanted to hear Casey Jones, and the Dead came out and did what they did for three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. And I think that caused some. Well, I, the the lore around it is that Jerry Garcia called Pershing Auditorium "perishing auditorium." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he so, was just about fifty years, you know, too early late, on too that. Early. But he knew where it was headed. He could see the future. Well, I think it was just you know, like you guys, everybody just chill out. Everybody chill out. We're here to give you this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're really good at this. We're really good at this. Yeah, it's what they did. Yeah, we're really good at what we do. Exactly. That's the other thing that I think about, and then I'll shut up. But, like, it's so funny. There's this thing of, like, you know, high music-minded people. Like, when um, they're used before the Grateful Dead channel, before the Pearl Jam channel and all that on Sirius, there was a – and it might have been on XM when they were two different things Mm -hmm. before they merged. But there was a a channel called – jam on yeah i think that still exists yeah well but i don't and i don't listen to it but when i had it and when i would turn turn tune it on it was like it was programmed by people that were trying to show deadheads what they should actually be listening to Ooh, because it plays that always goes well right well it played things like king crimson and like Uh, 1973 genesis yeah you know, and like prog rock and stuff. And it's like, yeah. yeah, I've listened to all that. It's fine. It's great. It's very technically proficient, but I don't care about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not what I love and it's not what I want to hear. Yeah. That's the thing that people don't, people that don't like music, people that don't listen to the dead don't understand. Yeah. Because they're, they're working on their terms. Yeah. It's not clinical. It's not surgical. Well, it's just not, it's like it, they don't, like the dead never cared about trying to meet those expectations. Yeah. They're trying to meet their expectations in their universe that they created. Right. right. And that's the universe that I love. And that's what I want to hear. <laughs> I want to hear all the fuck ups. I want to hear the looseness. I want to yeah. hear the insanity. I want to hear the boring parts. I want, you know, because yep. the boring parts are what lead to the interesting parts. Yeah, that road Jimmy rolling. Like even on like for example, on the eyes of the world on this on the two twenty six seventy three, like the ending of it is not the tightly knit death machine that is like six eighteen seventy four, you know, mm-hmm. a year and a half later. It's kind of mm-hmm. just wanders all over the place and it takes them mm-hmm. a minute to get it to takes them a few minutes to do anything. Mm-hmm. But you have to be willing to well, this is gonna go somewhere. 
Yeah, well, and I think you you said this a long time ago uh, when we were talking about fish and the Grateful Dead. Person, I, I don't think it was on the podcast long before that. Like, fish is really fun to listen to, but the Grateful Dead, like, fish just never really made me cry. You know, right. like, you 100%. know, and like that's that's kind of like it, it's a it's a heart it's a heart song. It's a heart the communication to the heart to the 100%. soul. Yeah, and see, and if that makes you want to puke in your mouth a little bit, then. Go listen to other... Piper at the Cates of Dawn. Great. I was going to say, there's a lot of other music to listen to. Yes, there is. There's plenty. Plenty. All right. Hey, man. Love you. Love you, too. Yeah. Have fun swimming. Deuce. I'll try. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Row. Row.
Don't forget, toot your hooter.